Welcome to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Hamilton's tax hike is going to be much higher this year. Co-owning a home is growing in popularity. We'll get you ready for tax season. A Woman of Distinction Award nominee joins us. Beer prices are about to go up and some are fighting back. And there's a new film about the Grand River. The GMH podcast begins now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. When was the last time you looked at your municipal tax bill? Well, if you haven't, uh, you should be surprised that you pay thousands of dollars for your property tax. And, well, as it stands right now, that's going to go much higher in the next year. Because Hamilton's proposed budget tax increase is 6.7%. You're thinking, well, that sounds like an okay number. Well, compared to last year, it was 2.2%. That was the tax increase the taxpayers swallowed. So what's going on? What gives? John Poldenko is a counselor in Ward H for the city of Hamilton and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. JP, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Rick. I'm doing well. What is the biggest difference from this year to last year? Why are we seeing a much higher number? Well, I think uh, the city is experiencing the same thing that uh, your listeners are experiencing their own personal finances. And the biggest difference between this year and last year, no question, is just the rate of inflation. And that affects cities, municipalities, all levels of government and business the same as it does um, just, you know, the average taxpayer at home. Our bills are going up for the services that we provide. And uh, in order to continue to offer the same level of service, uh, unfortunately, that leaves us with a tax increase. Our initial estimates going into this year was about 6.8%. Um, And that wasn't even based on knowing the total uh, impact of inflation going into that. We got that down to just under 6% um, a month or so ago. And then now that we're finalizing things now, it's gone back up to just under 7. And then we got it back down to, you know, I think it's about 6.7 right now. So recognizing that, you know, times are tough for everybody. Um, Hamilton has fairly competitive tax rates with their comparative municipal comparator municipalities are about on par with uh, municipalities like Toronto and, and uh, Peel and Mississauga. Burlington just finalized their uh, f- their taxes. They're at 7.52%, so we're a little bit lower than that. But we definitely recognize that in Hamilton, um, our probably our biggest problem is that uh, on average, residents in Hamilton make slightly less than our comparator municipalities. So the ability to pay is definitely top of mind for council. In saying all that, are you comfortable if we end at 6.7%? We're going to end somewhere around there. Um, There's not a lot of wiggle room left. We have a couple budget meetings still to go to see if there are any more savings available. But for every 0.1% on the budget, uh, we have to cut a million dollars. For every 1%, it's uh, $10 million. And uh, to be frank, at this point, there's just not that much wiggle room left in the budget. So we're going to end somewhere around 6.7%. So it sounds like the chances of getting under that are pretty slim. Maybe, a, you know, a tenth of a percent uh, over or under that. But uh, right now, what we're looking at is, is that's pretty much where we're going to end up. John Poldenko is a councillor in Ward 8 for the City of Hamilton, joining us here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Does this, uh, does this set a, I don't know, I'm not sure if precedent is the word, but does this set us up for future similar hikes down the road if we don't get a handle on inflation? 
Well, this has certainly been a challenging year. Some of the budget pressures, and, and I think there is some good news in the budget. You know, we're investing in more policing for our communities with the increase in vehicle thefts and violent crime with guns. We're investing in paramedics. We're investing in capital management, so improving the, you know, city's infrastructure, roads, and, and that kind of thing. And there's also some really good news in the budget. It's kind of buried in there. Uh, we saw some of the highest ever commercial and industrial assessment growth over the past decade. And that is really great news for Hamilton taxpayers because it means that we're starting to shift some of that tax burden away from residential taxpayers and onto the commercial and industrial tax base and also providing growth and jobs at the same time. Um, but looking forward, uh, you know, we're starting to see inflation kind of stabilize, but not go back to um, the levels that we had previously. So I think we're trying to, you know, set ourselves off, off on a good foot with this budget and then hopefully in, in future years find some more cost savings. With the cost of living where it is, we've got about 90 seconds to chew on this. How much of a discussion has been had on putting off some of these new hires or some of these investments until next year to give taxpayers a bit of a breather? Well, I think every single item that we've looked at, uh, whether they're council-referred items or business cases from staff that have been added, every single one we've looked at, and, and I've had this discussion personally with uh, the general manager of finance to see which ones do we have to do now, which ones um, do we need to, could, could possibly be uh, passed off to the future. But the problem is, if we just, you know, punt it off to next year, then we end up having to, to pay that bill next year anyway. So... In, in, in next year, right now, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be that much uh, of an improvement. The other big, big uh, driver in the budget is, is COVID recovery costs and the loss of uh, supports from upper levels of government and, of course, housing. And we don't see right now any break in the affordable housing crisis. And unfortunately, you know, cities like uh, municipalities like Hamilton are left having to invest in things that should be covered by the provincial government. And uh, that impacts our budget, whether it's this year or next year. JP, always appreciate your time. Thanks for breaking down the uh, the budget talks at City Hall. Good luck the rest of the way. Thanks so much, Rick. John Poldanko, Councillor Ward 8, City of Hamilton. The budget expected to be rubber stamped by the end of March. I'm sure some uh, debate and deliberations will continue up until that time. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Talking about home buying. And, and that, I think this primarily applies to first-time home buyers who, as you know, with the price of houses in this city and in many cities across the country, it is out of reach for many individuals who are uh, starting their careers, trying to pay off university or college loans, trying to get into their home, and they're really priced out of the market. And so with the price of these homes out of reach for, again, many first-time home buyers, there is a company that is offering a solution, and it's called Our Borough. And here to talk about it is Rob Golfie, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Rob, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, and thank you for having me, Rick. So this company, Our Borough, it's based in Toronto. Um, first-time homebuyers, really any anybody buying a home can go and say, hey, can you contribute 25 to 75% of the down payment. And the company's going to say, yeah, we can do so up to $250,000. Uh, in return, this company gets an equivalent share. So if they invest, let's just say 25% down payment, they get that when the home is eventually sold. What are your thoughts on this company and this option for, for home buyers? 
it's good for the company, but it, it is not good for the first time buyer uh, at all or any buyer, in, in, in my opinion. Um, they are offering uh, for you to put like to skip the CMHC fees. So basically, if you have 20 percent down, um, you don't have to pay that CMHC fee that comes with um, the mortgage, which is insured. Now, the, the negative part about that is, is um, that your interest rate, it, like if you do have a, a CMHC mortgage, let's say you go 5%, your interest rate will probably be a quarter to a 1% less having a CMHC uh, mortgage. And uh, without that, like if you if they help you with the 20% down, they will, uh, your interest rate could be a little higher. Now the bank's on the hook for it. So they're going to be a little bit, you know, worried to make sure that they have a good interest rate. Now, I get it. They help you with the lower down payment. There's no fees. There's no interest rates paying on it when they're giving you the, uh, like, let's say 75% of the down payment. So if you come up with 5%, they come up with uh, 15%. I get it. But I would I would rather have somebody buy something in a less, uh, a neighborhood that has the, the values a lot less than it is uh, just so that they can go in the a neighborhood that is uh, more higher value priced homes. Um, and, and and the way they, they do the split on this, Rick, is that let's say Hamilton, we have a, a benchmark price of 650,000. Right. So you, you put in 5% of, of the down payment, which is 32,500. They give you the other 15% of 97,500. Now let's fast forward 10 years. House prices double usually in 10 years. Now this house is worth $1.3 million. So now you're selling the property. You've and forget about what you've paid down on it, because that is yours. You sell the property. Um, you would get uh at your 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 five percent, your tw- yeah, actually your twenty-five percent, which is one hundred and sixty-two thousand five hundred. They would get four hundred and eighty-seven thousand five hundred. And so really you barely have an you got it just enough of a down payment to buy your next house to, at the same price point for 10% down payment. Huh. And and then all the costs that incur to maintain this property is on you. So in in my opinion, this is uh is not good for the consumer. I wouldn't recommend it. Um you got to really really research it to see if it fits you, but I I I feel that it's only good for the um uh, our borough uh, company. It sounds like that this company obviously, you know, provides some help to to especially those first time home buyers, but really reaps the awards whenever the the house is sold, as opposed to CMHC, which is basically a fifty fifty split, right? That's right, uh, exactly. And I I just uh, I mean, you know, there's always going to be companies out there, and and then some people will fall for that because they say, hey, my payments are going to be lower. Just just find a house that's 100000 less. I mean, I know it's tough, but you can find it. It may need a little bit of work here and there. But you know what? Over time, you in the long run, you are way better off without using this company. There's other methods of, uh, of buying a, a house without having to give away all your equity and, 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 and the maintenance, like the maintenance of a home, it costs you money. You don't get any of that back. You don't split that with the, uh, the, the partnership that you have with this, our borough company. Rob Golfie is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Rob is a sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Uh, we got a couple more minutes. Uh, is co-ownership becoming more and more popular? Are we seeing more of it here in Hamilton? 
Absolutely. Uh, you're finding a lot of a lot of people are uh, buying houses together. Uh, a lot of couples are getting together sooner, uh, living together and, uh, you know, just say, hey, let, let's get our own place uh, instead of renting. Uh, friends are getting together with uh, co-ownership. Co uh, it's the only way. So right now, a lot of them may end up buying a bungalow uh you know living in the uh the t main floor and then finding a renter for the basement so that they can afford the house and and I know Vancouver was doing this uh uh you know years ago uh because it it was expensive in Vancouver 30 years ago or, or more uh but now it's kind of spilled over into Ontario where people need the help of somebody else to own a property um, you know, just so they can afford it and start building equity. And, 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 and once they're in, they're in, they're in the game, they're in, uh, in, uh, the ownership of owning a house. And, and as long as they continue that for the rest of their life, they'll always build a lot of equity. You can hear more with Rob on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton edition, Saturdays at nine, right here on 900 CHML. Rob, always appreciate the time. We'll talk to you Saturday. Thank you. Have a great day. That is Rob Golfie, sales representative with the Golfie team. I should also mention that the bank of mom and dad is drying up lately. I mean, they're 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 being hit with higher interest rates, and especially if they've moved into a new home, yeah, they've tapped into the equity of their former home. But I mean, that's the retirement savings as well. And a lot of uh, millennials, especially these days, looking to the bank of mom and dad, and they're like, "Nope, we're closed up. We're closed up. Uh, go to a real bank." Uh, Arboro, by the way, has already invested. About $5 million in real estate purchases in the GTA alone since January of 2022. They're now expanding to other parts of the province. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Tips for tax season. Yes, tax season is at hand. Whether you file online or, my gosh, if you do the, the paper copy, God bless you. If you're still there, oh my gosh. That takes some patience. Uh, and if you go to someone to um, help file your taxes, well, good luck with that as well to each their own. Uh, there are, as you know, each and every year, uh, new deductions, benefits, uh, rule changes, both at the federal and provincial level. So we thought, hey, now's a good time to get you informed on some of the things you could take advantage of this tax season. Uh, Jerry Vitoratos is a national tax specialist with UFile Canada and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Jerry, good morning. How are you today? Thank you for having me. Good morning. Uh, are there a lot of new wrinkles for this tax year? Uh, there are a lot, and they kind of mix between uh, 2022 and uh, 2023. Uh, they kind of cross over uh, a bit in the sense that the government has already announced some measures that are coming for 2023, but there's a few of them as well for 2022. So what should we be aware of here? Well, in, in general, what we're talking with uh, 2020, well, actually really 2023, and, and we see the headlines all over the place, uh, is essentially uh, the uh, tax-free first home savings account. That's really the big one, which is a new uh, tax-sheltered account that the government has created and to allow you to save money uh, in a tax-sheltered way, kind of like an RSP and a TFSA, uh, for the purpose of a purchase of what the government considers a first home. Uh, so that's the big one, and that's where you're going to start seeing a lot of marketing material from uh, financial institutions to try to get you to start you know, funding the, that account. We certainly saw a lot of people moving, at least here in the Hamilton area last year. I would imagine that this is going to be a popular thing that people will want to investigate. Yes, but always remember that you know, the government, uh, in order to benefit from this, uh, the government ha you have to be considered basically what the government considers a first-time home buyer, meaning that you did not own a property that you lived in in the current year and the three prior years. 
Uh, it's a little bit restricted. You know, it's a little bit restricted. It's not for people who are, you know, jumping from one home they own to another, unfortunately. Right. Unfortunately. The uh, home office tax credit is still uh, in effect? Uh, yes. So the tax deduction, well, it was always in effect, really. Uh, it's not, it's not, it's nothing new. What the government, what the government introduced as new, uh, is for those, uh, people who were required to work from home due to the pandemic, due to COVID-19, they introduced what they call the, the uh, temporary flat rate method, which is still in effect in 2022. Uh, essentially, you're getting a $2 per day deduction for every day you were required to work from home due to COVID. Uh, and it's it simplified, it streamlined essentially the claim. Whereas before, you'd have to have receipts to show the expenses you incurred at home, and you would have to have a certificate from your employer stipulating that you uh, paid expenses for for working from home. With the uh, temporary flat rate method, none of that none of that red tape is required. All that is required is to make sure that you were that you had to work from home due to the pandemic for at least four consecutive weeks, and then you claim $2 per workday as a deduction. There's many people who can, uh, I guess, make the argument that they do work at home. They might not necessarily, not necessarily have a, uh, you know, a professional business from home, but they'll take their work home with them. Can they still apply for that tax credit? No, not specifically, no. It's, it's, it's really that you don't have an office setting to work at. That's really what the, how the, uh, the the deduction is structured. So essentially, from uh, your nine to five is from home, and that that's the key. That's the key point there when it comes to the uh, to home office expenses. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on nine hundred CHML, Jerry Viteratos, the national tax specialist with UFile Canada. We're talking about tips for tax season. Jerry, what what are the most common mistakes that we make when we're doing our taxes? The most common mistake is, is omissions, is uh, things that we miss, essentially, you know, receipts that we miss, for example, you know, when it comes to medical expenses or when it comes to donation you made during the year that you simply forgot about. Uh, most of the times it's basically organization. It's essentially not being organized enough to, you know, uh, assemble all of the information that you need to maximize your claims you know so for example most of our tax slips we get them now you know because because the uh, emitters of the slips are required to file them to the cra by february 28th so so the tax season we know those slips we know which ones we need to include what we don't do a lot of times is organize ourselves uh by creating a folder at the beginning of the year uh to stack all of the receipts that we incur that are deductible on the tax term during the year especially medical expenses and donations so whenever if you go to your dentist you, you, uh, for example, in the month of February, you get your receipt right then and there. A lot of times we forget about that receipt and we don't archive it properly, and then we miss those claims. That's really the biggest mistake I find that, that people do. It's a great point. RSP uh, deadline is uh, March the 1st as well, and I'm sure many people will want to take advantage of that as well. Jerry, appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks for sharing some tips for this tax season. Thank you for having me. That is uh, Jerry Viteratos, National Tax Specialist with UFile Canada. Yes, tax season is here once again. Uh, I know for many it is a stressful time of the year having to, you know, find all the receipts and stuff that you need, T4s, yada, 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 RSP slips, all that kind of stuff. Uh, good luck as you uh, jump into this latest rendition of tax filing. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. YWCA Hamilton Halton is holding its 2023 Women of Distinction Awards Gala. It comes this Thursday night 
at the Hamilton Convention Center by Carmen's. And one of the nominees is joining us now to, well, I don't know, maybe shine some good luck on her fortunes. Elena Vermillion is the executive director of the Sex Workers Action Program in Hamilton and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Elena, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Rick. I am just chuffed that you're having me back again. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. You're you're one of the nominees for a Woman of Distinction Awards. How did you find out about your nomination? Um, my I, I got in my email because they send like um like a notification whenever you're nominated because they ask the email of the nominee as well. And so I would have received a "You've been nominated" email, and I was like, oh. Well, then, that was quite quite lovely. And I will say, I made a small list here of, of things to brag about. Um, but I'm not the first. I am a trans woman. I'm not the first trans woman, and I think it's important to declare that, uh, who has been nominated in Hamilton. We had the lovely Karis Massarella, who did win Women of Distinction Award, I forget in what year, for uh, the Arch Clinic. And she is a physician, and she does work at St. Joe's. So I just want to put a light on previous trans women and i do know of another trans woman who was never out um in hamilton about 15 years ago who won the women of distinction award so i just want to say some you know um ancestors if you will some Mm -hmm. people who have trailblazed before myself um and and of course one of the main reasons for my nomination is because of the work i do related to sex work and decriminalization in canada so um, I have a small list. Uh, I, I guess basically the reason why I've been chosen to be nominated for this award this year among the 64, so the 65 nominees in total this year, for a total of, I believe, seven awards. It's five uh, Women of Distinction Awards, one Young Trailblazer Award, and one Lifetime Achievement Award. So my stakes are high. <laughs> it is. Um, when you got the email, did you think it was spam? No, I didn't think it was spam. It was just more... Um, it was it was it was a humbling, I guess. Yeah. It was surprising. You know, I don't really think that when it comes to um, providing service to marginalized communities, people celebrate that in the way that it should be. Um, I mean, let alone the marginalized communities themselves. Um, and I think that that's what's really important here. So, I mean, most of my work has been centered around bringing centering the voices of those who are often undervalued and erased in society. For example, I raised, I helped raise an, um, a call to action about the woman who was attacked on Barton Street um, near Emerald and Barton uh, just last year who had to relearn how to walk. Swap Hamilton was able to raise $9,000 for her and her mother who uh, lived in Woodstock and had to stay in Hamilton while she was relearning to walk in rehab. Um, we also, you know, as part of that, uh, had a vigil, uh, a walk from where she was attacked to Swap Hamilton. And, you know, raised awareness about the criminal laws in Canada and the need for decriminalization. Swap Hamilton, um, in our work, is actually a member of the 25 other member groups across Canada of the Canadian Alliance for Sex Work Law Reform. And we are applicants in the current federal lawsuit against the uh, government to decriminalize sex work laws, which claims that the, co- uh, the constitutional lawsuit claims that right now the criminal laws in Canada uh, violate the right to life, liberty, and security, which is Section 7, equality and non-discrimination, which is Section 15, Freedom of expression, which is 2B, and freedom of association, which is 2D. These are all tried violations that the current laws against sex work, um, sorry, violate for sex workers. And what, um, what's the update on the challenge? Where is it right now? 
Uh, it has been heard in the Ontario Superior Court as of October of last year, so it's going up the ladder, and we do hope for it to be appealed to the Supreme Court level to be vindicating uh, the rights of sex workers in Canada, as the Bedford case did in 2014, yet was just, just uh, respected by the Stephen Harper's Conservative government at that time when they instituted the criminal law, which actually um, was in, in not in the spirit of the ruling of the Supreme Court back in the Bedford case in 2013-2014. We have a couple more minutes with Yelena Vermillion, Executive Director of the Sex Workers Action Program Hamilton, SWAP Hamilton, also a uh, nominee for Women of Distinction Award at the YWCA Hamilton Halton Gala that comes this Thursday night at the uh, Hamilton Convention Center by Carmen's. The award ceremony begins at 8, dinner uh, starts at 6.30 sharp. Uh, we should also mention you're a driving force behind the SWAP Center, which opened up on Barton Street. How are things going there? Things are all right so far. We may um, be looking at a relocation at the end of our lease this year, so we may be shifting towards more of um, continuing our other projects. So, for example, one of the reasons why I was nominated was the actual archive that I created with, well, not with the Hamilton Public Library, but uh, we have a memorandum of understanding with the Hamilton Public Library. And what this archive is, it's a very unique project that I've undertaken over the last three and a half years of uh, sourcing, locating, purchasing, uh, scanning, processing, and using OCR uh, software, which means optical character recognition, just allowing you to search uh, a document by keyword um, of different, you know, films, books, zines, magazines, other uh, cultural pieces of media that are relevant to sex workers' histories and narratives that I've scanned, preserved, archived, and I've actually actually created digital copies of each of it so that the Hamilton Public Library would be able to upload this special archive to the Internet Archive, meaning through controlled digital lending, i.e. public access. So part of my work is actually preserving the histories and centering the narrative of sex workers um, because they haven't a lot of what we've been saying and a lot of what we've been protesting over the decades of sex workers' rights activism has not fundamentally changed, and but people just don't often understand that. And so part of my um, work in humanizing the perspective of sex workers and, and valuing the voices of sex workers is bringing the media documentation that we have of their activism to the forefront of our histories and making people aware that this isn't a new struggle, this isn't something that is um, rare, and that sex workers are not any much different than the average worker um, or person. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I'm really honored that the city has recognized and the YWCA has recognized, even via nomination, even if I don't win, it's still an honor, and I really do appreciate it. So thank you, Hamilton. Thank you, Rick, for having me. Um, and I, the only last point I could think I could say that's relevant to the nomination is I do consult with uh, Transpulse Canada, which does research on trans and non-binary sex workers in Canada and the violence they face against police and also in society. So I try to try to bring um, marginalized voices to the forefront and my work, and I'm really honored to be um, nominated as a result of that for the Women of Distinction Award 2023. Award or not on Thursday, you are a champion for many in this community. Appreciate your time today. Good luck on Thursday. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Have a wonderful week. Take care. You too. Uh, Yolanda Vermillion, Executive Director of the Sex Workers Action Program, Swap Hamilton, and a nominee for a YWCA Hamilton Halton Women of Distinction Award. The gala is coming up this Thursday night. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Ooh, look, 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 look. He's in. Ooh, look, 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 look. 
you a good day. Welcome to the Great White North. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. How's it going, Abe? I really miss that show on SCTV, but Bob and Doug are back. Yeah, with the federal tax increase of 6.3% in the price of beer taking effect April 1st. Ouch. Beer Canada launching a new national awareness campaign with the help of the... Funny duo from SCTV Lore. CJ Ellie is the president of Beer Canada and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. CJ, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. How are you? Not too bad. When was the last time beer taxes went up? Well, federally, they go up every year on April 1st, and that's happened every year since 2017. Oh, wow. So once again, this April Fool's Day, and it's no joke, another six plus percentage point hike. That's right. And for the first four or five years, we were in this very low inflation environment. So the increases were, you know, 1%, 1.5%. Last year was the biggest one yet, and that was 2.4%. But uh, because inflation went through the roof in the last year, we're sort of in a whole new universe this year. So what is the reasoning beyond inflation? What does this added money go towards? So it's a manufacturer's tax, meaning it's applied at the point of production, and beer, wine, and spirits producers are imposed this tax every year on April 1st, and the question is, is how much does it get passed through to the consumer versus how much does the producer uh, have to eat, uh, given the complexities and the competitiveness of the marketplace out there. So you have reached out to uh, Rick Moranis and uh, Dave Thomas, who play uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie on SCTV from years gone by, a great uh, cast of characters. How did you get them involved and what was their response? So as you probably know, Rick and Dave are very protective of Bob and Doug. It's it's a character or characters uh, that are beloved across Canada, uh, and they really haven't done them very often. In fact, uh, I would say that other than a charity event in 2017, it's probably been 15 years since Bob and Doug were on our airwaves. Um, So we talked to uh, Rick and Dave. Uh, told them the story I just told you about this looming 6.3% beer tax hike. And they just said, oh, wow, that's crazy. Uh, How can we help? So that's how they joined the campaign. What has the response from the public been like? It's been great. I think the biggest thing is that uh, some people in Ottawa wanted this 6.3% tax increase to go ahead and nobody noticed. Well, I think Bob and Doug sort of took care of that. Everybody's noticing. (laughs) No doubt about it. CJ Ellie is the president of Beer Canada. They're fighting back with a new national awareness campaign with the helps of uh, longtime SCTV characters Bob and Doug McKenzie in uh, fighting this federal tax increase of more than 6% on the price of beer, which takes effect April the 1st. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. So how can Canadians help? So Bob and Doug are asking anybody who's worried about this to go to hereforbeer.ca. And on that site, there's a really easy one click to your local member of parliament to say, I'm with Bob and Doug, let's freeze beer taxes until inflation gets a little bit back to normal and people feel a little better about their finances. Has there been any retort from the federal government? Yes, uh, no commitment yet, but we have a lot of empathy and sympathy across all parties. So we're reasonably optimistic that we can get this over the line if enough people sign up at Here for Beer and just say, it's crazy to put six point uh, increase on taxes at this point, given everything else that's going on. Let's just put a stop to it for now. Let's uh, take a breath and take a look at it again when uh, business is back to normal. So if no freeze is agreed to, is there a percentage increase you'd be comfortable with? Well, I mean, I think um, 
we've been fighting this increase annually and it was one to two percent and it was kind of an irritant uh it wasn't very helpful to the business uh beer sales in ontario last year uh, were down uh, just about three percent so it's already taken a pretty big bite out of the business and honestly um there's going to be some brewers and some pubs and restaurants that are probably going to close their door unless there's sort of a, a a change in direction here a correction in the way in the path we're going down well you think that the the impact is going to be that severe with a 6% increase? It's because it's not a 6% and that's all that's going on in the world, right? Uh, we have this circumstance where the volume of sales are down because hospitality still hasn't recovered. Uh, we have brewers who have taken on a lot of debt to stay open through the pandemic. Uh, barley prices are up about 60%. Corn prices, 40%, packaging, 30 35%, transport costs have doubled. It's just a perfect storm. And uh, a new tax on top of all of that, yes, will push some people out of business. CJ, appreciate your time. And we invite our listeners to go to hereforbeer.ca and uh, make their voice heard as well. Uh, thanks again. Good luck with us. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. CJ Ellie, President Beer Canada. That website again, hereforbeer.ca. Uh, you'll see uh, caricatures of SCTV characters Bob and Doug McKenzie. And you can certainly contact your local MP to say, hey, enough of this beer tax increase. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Later on in March, there is going to be a film festival. That is going to profile a a local documentary. It's a new film that offers a fresh perspective on how climate change is impacting our resources like the Grand River. Tom Ostapchuk is a Kitchener resident and creator of the documentary The Grand. And he joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Tom, good morning. How are you? Rick, good morning. I'm well, thanks. How did this documentary come about? I moved back to Ontario from British Columbia after a couple of years living out there with my then fiance, now wife, and we moved to Guelph. And being out west, we did all of these multi-day adventures in the mountains. And suddenly I found myself back in the middle of flat southern Ontario <laughs> with uh, a, a yearning for adventure and farm fields all around me. And having grown up kayaking on the Grand River, mostly around Kitchener, I I had this cool idea that I thought, what, I wonder if anybody has paddled the entire river and what might I learn if I did that? And it just kind of snowballed from that little idea into the film that uh, you mentioned already and is, yeah, already in theaters, well, some local theaters premiering uh, this March. So what gave you the idea that not only am I going to paddle the entire Grand, but I'm going to film it as well? I am somewhat in... Uh, so much interested in the uh, the filmmaking culture, especially adventure filmmaking. There's a lot of big festivals out west in the in the mountains, some locally as well. And in the adventure filmmaking world, you see a lot of adventures happening in big places. Even here, when you know we get promoted to go on a paddling trip or a snowboarding trip, it's always an you know an advertisement or a story being told about somewhere far far away, and. For me, this film was a, a way to showcase something local, to kind of increase representation in that filmmaking community and culture, and prove that you can do something really epic right in our backyard. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Tom Ostapchuk, is the creator of the documentary The Grand, which is going to be at the Paddling Film Festival World Tour Princess Cinemas in Waterloo on March the 23rd, and as he mentioned, already in some local theaters already. 
what are viewers going to see and what are they going to ultimately learn? I think what they'll see is a side of their their home that they've never seen before. I think they'll see me in sometimes a bit of pain and sometimes uh, experiencing some personal epiphanies and new perspectives. And I hope that translates into perspectives that they can take home and apply to their view of their home. I hope that people see that this adventure is something accessible, maybe not doing the whole 300 kilometers that I did, but doing one day here or there or two days overnight. And I think that will give people the perspective that not only is this a place in our backyard, a place worth celebrating, but it's also a place worth protecting. As you noted, you know, there's impacts from climate change and development. And by participating in, in adventure and in recreation in our backyard, we sport, sort of spur the opportunity to protect it. Got about uh, another minute with Tom. Uh, was this your first film? And, and do you think you're going to do other ones that are similar to this? This is my first film, and it's really exciting that it's gotten this much support from the local communities and uh, regional sponsors. And it's really kind of opened my eyes at the possibility of storytelling and how it can connect with the audience. And so, yeah, this is a first step in my filmmaking career, and I'm really excited to see where it goes next. Sounds pretty cool. Tom, appreciate the time. Good luck with the grand. Thanks, Rick. That's Tom Ostapchuk, a a Kitchener resident, uh, making a new movie. It's called The Grand, and it uh, profiles how climate change is impacting things like the Grand River. Uh, it's out in some local theaters, including on March 23rd, its, uh, its quote-unquote debut will be at the Paddling Film Festival World Tour at uh, Princess Cinemas in Waterloo. Uh, might be a pretty, good, uh, a pretty good watch. Grand River is a, uh, a wonderful spectacle here in southern Ontario, and for those who are not familiar, uh, I recommend taking a trek out to go see it or even paddle on it. That should be a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.